Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why we love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Neil Holin and Pearl in the studio. Coming up, we invite you to ride the waves of Guochao and enjoy the contemporary reinterpretation of China's timeless traditions with us. Chinese ACG, anime, comic, and game has become a tour de force home and abroad in recent years. We take a look at the rise of Chinese ACG. And... Robots can do a lot these days, from menial tasks to sparking up conversations. At the 2023 World Robot Conference in Beijing, robots show their latest chops and and we give you a review of some sort. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. When you're there and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review. It will help other folks find the show. And another way to get in contact with us and also to get your voice on national radio is to send us a voice question to Roundtable at foxmail.com. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion, Chinese ACG, that's anime, comics, and game, has become quite captivating the imaginations of diehard enthusiasts and new followers alike at home and around the world for almost a decade. For this installment of Timeless Traditions Riding the Waves of Guochao, we reviewed the top-notch ACG offerings the Chinese Culture Factory has churned out. And here's a good example, a fantasy world of dragon-slaying anime girls, a global fellowship of devoted fans, billions of dollars in revenue, and rave reviews from prominent international critics. That sums up Genshin Impact, an open-world role-playing game out of China, and it has become the most successful title of Chinese origin in, well, on the global gaming markets to date. So give us the lay of land of Chinese ACG these days. Of course. According to CGTN, it is estimated that there are 500 million people are fan of at least one of these entertainment type ACG anime, comics, or games. That's more than the entire population of the U.S. Previously, one a good work of these kind actually started to be popular among not only the fans of ACG, but everyone or at least everyone knows about it or talks about it. Um, people started to 
to call that word 出圈 breaking the circle, breaking just the circle of people that are enjoying it, but to the general public. And apparently, nowadays, more and more of such works started to appear in the platform or in all kinds of、uh, places. Actually, in 2019, a Chinese anime film titled Neja was released in the market, and I feel like that is、um, a An example I can think about that represents the Chinese Guochao style anime, and of course, when it comes to games, a hundred scenes of Jiangnan, or in Chinese Jiangnan Baijingtu, is a mobile game that I personally played. It is based on the historical background of Ming Dynasty, featuring classic Chinese paintings, ancient architecture, historical figures, and traditional culture. And the game was downloaded four million times within a month of its release. And from someone who has her interest in all these three different entertainment types, I feel like、um, there already have been several stages for Guochao to be, let's say, demonstrated in these different entertainment forms.、Uh, the first stage being people started to appreciate the Chinese style painting, the Chinese style, let's say, designing element in. Um, all three anime, comics, and games, and the second stage being we started to refer to certain cultural figures and historical、uh, plots and stories. We use those stories as a inspiration for an anime or as the main. Platform or main plot for a video games, and the third stage being people started to really embrace everything about the Chinese culture and history and element and aesthetics, and that is basically what we're looking at today. Pearl,、um, what are your thoughts? When you, I really don't know if you're into this ACG world at all. Um, not really. I'm not really that into it. I'm aware of it. I've come across a few,、um, I guess, anime series as well as、um, games.、Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of people playing games on their cell phones. I go to Starbucks. People have this equipment that they play. <laughs>、yep. It's amazing how into gaming、um, Chinese people are, and、uh, it was one of like the major culture shocks <laughs> when I first arrived here in China. Like everyone on us, you know, like when I take、uh, the subway, everyone is just looking at their phones, playing or just watching a video of a game. That was the one that was like shocking to me. I was like,、mm. why are you watching a video of a game? You're not playing it. You're just watching. <laughs> Yeah, this, so、um, I, mm-hmm. I I kind of like never understood that. Well, it's not because it's China, but I I wouldn't understand it anyway because <laughs> it's not the world I'm into. But I've played some games like you know FIFA games,、um, those type of games, and、uh, the Street Fights,、uh, Street Fights games, the, those type of games. So I'm、yeah. okay with those on on a PlayStation, but I've never played.、Um, Online before, so、uh, that'll be interesting to experience. Yeah, and it's interesting to see or to follow sort of the development of Chinese ACG. Twenty years ago, it was mainly、uh, Japanese firms who had the prowess and the technical ability to create games that go global, and、um, it's just really exciting for a Chinese person to. 
see these relatable and familiar elements in game animation and, uh, you know, this ACG world nowadays. And that's a huge change. Um, we'll go a little bit more into detail in how this world has gradually come together. And just to piggyback on that, that's mm -hmm. what you find in South Africa, in the South African market, it's the Japanese um, um, products, you know, in terms of games as well as um, the anime. anime series, yeah. Pokemon, Dragon Ball Zs, and so on. So it is growing in that sense, but in terms of uh, the homegrown stuff, um, we're still a bit behind in, right. in terms of growing our own games as well as uh, our own animation series. We do have uh, the industry is, is, is growing right now, especially after COVID, but uh, we still have a long way to go. Right. And also maybe there is like a small distinction possibly between anime and animation because anime, yes. what we think about is kind of like related to comics, but um, it's usually serialized. Um, yes animation but you know what china does really well these days are animation movies so these are standalone or sometimes there are like a sequel and a franchise as such but um it's not really the slam dunk dragon ball z those type of you know animes that can go on for years so I mean, we live in a very different world right now as well. So uh, that's another, a little bit of a side note that maybe, um, you know, diehard anime fans can, if you want to hear us discuss them, you know, email us and let us know, ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. If not, well, we have asked a whole bunch of Chinese Gen Z, or, well, technically speaking, they should be born in the years of 1997 to 2012. But, you know, let's just say those who are born in the 1990s and we've investigated, well, you know, how do you guys feel while engaged in Chinese ACG products and entertainment? And could there be a sense of pride with this familiarity as such? Um, what did they have to say? I mean, for me, the term Guo Chao stands out as a way for us to identify with our culture because it allows us to engage in the traditional Chinese culture in a rather modern and fancy way, to be honest. And once they're made into animes, I don't know, maybe movies or games, I think it attracts people, especially those of a younger generation, to delve deeper into this very treasure house called the Chinese history and culture. And really, it allows us to get to know more about it in a fun way. I think that means the games or animation you play and watch have a certain style that's relevant to Chinese traditional culture. I think the most straightforward way to define if a game or animation, they are categorized as guochao, is whether they have a heavy use of uh, audio or visual elements from Chinese culture. And by using these sound and music, and also in terms of visual effects, then it's uh, clothing and uh, also the painting techniques, so I think visual and audio elements, that's how most people would perceive animation and, uh, and games as a guochao. Yeah, and that's Yushan, Jiaheng, 
and Yunqi sharing their ideas on what Guochao means to them or what did they see in animation when they um, sense these elements. And uh, we also asked Tianlu, Yushan, Jiaheng, and Tianyu about, well, how do you feel? about um, playing these games, watching these anime and comics that have Guochao elements in it? Well, I personally do not play games or watch animations, but my friends who love these things said they experienced a cultural pride when they saw Chinese elements in entertainment. And I think I can understand their feeling because it's a feeling of connection to our cultural heritage and identity. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. I do believe that for the well-made Guochao animes and games, at least me personally, I feel very proud of sharing it with my friends from outside of China. And also, I believe they will attract viewers and gamers from all around the world as well. And it can be a good start for them to get to know China a bit more. Um, I don't personally feel a sense of culture pride because I see them as just a game with a certain style. But I think if I'm abroad and I see people from other countries are playing a certain game that's um, about Chinese culture and stuff, I would feel proud. Yeah, of course. Uh, recently, there's a game developed by a Chinese gaming company, and it is based on the stories of the Monkey King, a character very popular in ancient Chinese myths and novels. And I was really thrilled to watch the promotional video released by the company because it seems very intriguing to play. And I think a lot of Chinese game fans will be excited to play the game because we've always wanted to experience the adventure of a Chinese superhero. Well, that's so much fun. And people have really differing views on this, which is very much welcome. Um, do you guys have some thoughts about, you know, riding on the tide of what <laughs> young people have to say, Gen Z have to say about ACG? I was uh, actually a little bit surprised that almost all of them takes, take pride in um having to see that Guochao is in this because for me personally I'm just like I'm happy that I do not I do not have to experience the little bit of culture shock when I started to play a game or watch a video because I'm familiar with the background I know what these people are supposed to be about mm -hmm. already and it's in my root it's in my culture and it's familiar and it's nice and but I kind I kind of can't understand why they feel proud because they all have a lot of foreign friends and when they introduce these to their foreign friends of course we're happy to see these cultural as well as entertainment product being promoted to give you an example of the really chinese ones that have done that have done so well well the most successful domestic release was tencent distributed Honor of Kings, mm. a masterpiece inspired by League of Legends. And uh, because all the characters or avatars one can pick from, they all have very um, distinctive Chinese cultural and historic um, sources one can draw from. But that one has largely been a domestic fare with 97% of the current users based in China, whereas Ginshin 
impact is the one that's really made breakthroughs overseas. And I think I really resonate with one of the girls who uh, was it Jia Hong, I'm, I, I suppose, yeah, who shared, too. yeah, like who shared her view that um, and and come on, this is something that everybody can can relate to. That is a wonderful product speaks for itself you know just don't tell the user what to think and mm. the preaching that kind of stuff nobody nobody likes that it just turns people off <laughs> so if it's good it's good and sometimes you know it kind of you're kind of free of those elements just or whatever but if it's something i really enjoy then yeah i'm open to it but also as they say, representation matters. I think that's where young people find the pride in all these products uh, when they see them, the games or animation online, when they see themselves represented or their culture represented or reflected in those uh, um, games or, or animation online. They feel pride in that. Oh, this is what I've, uh, I've been aware of, but I've never seen it in represented in this way or reflected in this way. So it makes them happy. And I also agree with what Gia said in one of the clips that, uh, I mean, you may take it for granted when you're at home. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm good. I know this. But once you go abroad mm. or you go into a different uh, setting uh, with, di- with people who are not really familiar with your culture and you start seeing them taking pride or even enjoying your what is your culture then you start looking at it in a different light yeah. and you feel proud in that wow they are actually welcoming me in a sense they are welcoming my culture in a sense so i do understand that i mean uh, i also feel the same whenever i see something that is uh proudly south african reflected elsewhere and uh, some and people actually taking enjoyment in it and um i s- kind of like say yeah pat myself on the back I'm like yeah that's yeah. us that's that's me as a south african represented there so i yeah. understand that you let them know <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel when i'm overseas as well it's like you know i uh, i'm imme- immediately on defense mode like when mm. when it comes to your own culture and heritage as such but when you're at home it's like yeah this is just where we are, we live in, we're immersed in this, then you don't bat an eye to it. And we also asked our uh, Gen Z friends, what specific aspects of Chinese culture do you enjoy seeing in ACG, that's anime, comic, and game, the most? Recently, I find it's very common to see people wearing traditional clothes like Han Fu and Chi Pao on the streets. And these designs are quite pretty, actually. And it means that Chinese culture holds a greater fascination for many people now. Well, I'm specifically interested in the lifestyles of the ancient times revealed in the animes. I don't know if you've heard of an anime called Dali Si Ri Zhi. Well, in English, it's called The White Cat Legend. But that one revealed many traditional ways of living from... Actually, it was from China's Tang Dynasty, I think. And it incorporated so many cultural elements like the ancient transportation, people's trays, and daily work and even warfares and so on. So, of course, there's a mix of uh, imagination and mythologies in the cartoon too. But for me, it was really interesting to learn about the ancient ways of living. 
I think watching the anime kind of fulfilled my imagination on how people used to live thousands of years ago. Actually, I watch more movies than animes, to be honest. But to me, guochao anime is something else because it brings out this lighthearted feeling in me while I'm watching it and learning about our past. So yeah, for me, it really made a fun watch. Personally, I'm a big fan of music, so I always appreciate when I hear the sounds, music. From traditional Chinese instruments,、uh, some of these instruments they actually fit very well with modern music theory and composition and other types of modern instruments、uh, like guzheng, pipa, and also arhu. I think they already have quite a heavy existence or very extensive existence in many music works. I think adding some elements of traditional Chinese culture to a game or a movie can be a great idea in offering more entertainment value to these products. Because as someone from China, we would often feel resonant with these cultural elements when playing these games or watching these films. And I hope we can have more and more products that incorporate Chinese cultural elements. That's Tian Lu, Yushan, Yunqi, and Tianyu. Sharing their view on what they want to see in Chinese animation,、uh, anime, comic, and game, and we've spoke, a, we have spoken a lot on it's getting、uh, it's getting ground, it's picking up steam. And what do you think are the main reasons that have resulted in such popularity today? I think we have already given it a、um, reasonable period of time for it to develop, and more and more companies started to not only put the style or the、uh, painting style or just elements in it. Actually, they started to introduce more deeper cultural element and cultural plot. And for example, the kings of oh, king of glory we talked about earlier. At the very beginning, their heroes, their avatars, are I feel like Western style heroes. They're strong. They can conquer a city by themselves, maybe, and that's the very. I feel like Western style heroes, but nowadays they started to introduce these traditional Chinese style heroes. That instead of defeating someone, their main merit or their main、um, achievement is to be the pioneer of a certain culture. For example, we have Da Yu who controlled flooding. We have the divine farmer who tested hundreds of herbs. We also have Cang Jie who invited invented Chinese characters. These kind of heroes, they might not be that mighty when it comes to Body figure or the ability to fight others, but it's more like, again, a traditional Chinese value system being demonstrated in these ways. And these deeper、um, elements, I feel like, are more, much more welcomed by not only Chinese consumers but global consumers as well, because this. Do you think、uh, also improving the storylines? I think so. Has yes, has added to the this attraction of people, this appeal that they have right now. I mean, young people are, are very picky with what、oh, they're、yes. watching. Oh yes, yeah. So, and they know what、uh, you know. If if a storyline is not hitting right, they will immediately immediately reject、uh, that film or animation or whatever it is that is put in front of them. So、uh, it seems like China has worked on、uh, improving、yes. the storylines of all. These、uh, um, shows or productions. Yeah, well, all of this is happening because you need booming tech firms、sure. to come up with these. 
games or these entertainment products. And over the past few years, China's gaming sector, as well as animation, anime, comics, it's pretty much been a microcosm of its economic growth. And what we've seen in the past, let's say, 15 or 20 years ago, was that China um, has gone from outsourced studios to creating domestic games to now creating global games. And when it comes to global, I think there is a delicate balance one needs to obtain. Because with the domestic market, yeah, you can go, obviously it's full on Chinese. But when you want to go global, then sometimes you need to resonate with everyone. And if you're too heavy handed on some of the like really traditional elements that people have no idea about, if you're doing that too much, then it's not really all that easy for people to accept. So I think it's about sort of finding the really interesting elements and really magnifying those and um, and also finding these common themes that anybody at any corner of the globe can relate to. And that's what makes us human. And that's what makes humanity sing and really sing to the hearts and also the clicks or the taps on, <laughs> on, on one smartphone. And, and I mean, we can talk about this forever, but in China, like it seems like there's more of this penchant towards um, playing games on the smartphone as opposed to computers or um, consoles, but also it's just a big market and this is not going to be the last time we discuss ACG on the show. Coming up next, well, let's just go straight on to this topic since we have only so many minutes left on today's show. So um, however you feel about robots, either friends to humanity or dystopian robot revolts, about 60 androids have been congregated at the ultimate tech meets fun extravaganza in Beijing. The week-long World Robot Expo closes curtains on August the 22nd, and there are plenty of interesting robots to talk about. So take it away, Neil Hongbin. <laughs> I know this is definitely your cup of tea. Oh, it's totally my thing. Actually, over 140 domestic and international robot companies showcase nearly 600 exhibits, with 40 companies making their debuts. So a lot of new robots are happening in the field of manufacturing, agriculture, trade, logistics, medical and health sector, and business community service, safety, emergency, extreme environmental applications. So basically, anywhere you look, you can find a robot to fit in your life in different shape or form. That's true. Yeah. And I actually, uh, one thing that really, really caught my eye would be the two robots, Li Bai and Du Fu, the two top Chinese poets, come to the scene dressed in white, dressed uh, with a book, holding a brush and writing on paper. And these two men actually are two robots. And apparently these robots can be used as in the future, maybe exhibition and tour guides and thinking about Li Bai giving you the exclusive tour um, explanation of the tourist spot. I would definitely buy a ticket for that. Yeah, some of these robots look realistic. Yeah. Um, The the way they've been made and, uh, you know, 
if you're looking at them from afar, they look like um, almost like human beings. It's scary. But what I liked um, was the one uh, that is used in the agricultural sector, uh, the picker. Mm. So if you have an orchard, an apple orchard or a pear orchard, whatever, you can buy this robot and uh, use it to pick fruit for you. Especially if it's a small, compact orchard, you can use it to pick fruit for you. And also there's another development on uh, the medical sector where um, they're looking or they are employing more robots to conduct surgeries and so on. So I think that's interesting, but there has to be a lot of um, a lot more work that needs to go into that because you don't want to accidentally press the wrong keys to mm-hmm. you know that might be fatal to someone's life you know and there is also a bionic robot cat which if i have the financial capacity i would definitely get one and <laughs> give it to her young as what? a gift because i'm not that's... sure if i want it <laughs> she loves pets i know uh yeah and she wants a dog which is why a cat is even better because Good i'm idea. a cat person i'm <laughs> gonna give her a cat idea. and the cat can give you intelligent voice interaction and you can pet the cat without one uh worry about being a little bit allergic Right. Yeah, and it moves its head when you pat it, apparently. I know. And the tail. So it, it's almost like a real cat. You wouldn't know. Almost. You wouldn't tell. Yeah, Pearl, let's give that gift to you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, Pearl and Nyo Holin, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time. <laughs>